This is an Area Code podcast. You're listening to The Table of Malcontents, where Aaron Armstrong, Dave Schrader, and Barnabas Piper talk about the books they love and a few they really don't to help you be a better reader. Books and podcasts are always best with a great cup of coffee. That's why we've partnered with Ligaris Roasters to create the Table of Malcontents blend. And guys, it's delicious. A smooth Brazilian roast that will make your heart happy. Head over to LagarisRoasters.com to order a bag or 12 today. Hey everybody, welcome to today's episode of Table of Malcontents. I'm Aaron and with me as always are Barnabas and Dave. That's right. Aaron, 40 Canuck. Hashtag. Thank you, thank you. As uh, as you guys know, I am in full-on midlife crisis mode, and yeah. it starts with my wardrobe. The leather yeah. pants are a dead giveaway. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Well, you know. it's very, very, very Mick Jaggery. It's got a visual. Uh. <laughs> well, of course, because you're right here. Uh, no, I'm right, right here. You're yeah, right I'm, here, in the, here in the sauna. So, so a few months how, ago, didn't Dave, is, thank you for wearing more the, than a towel this week. I no, appreciate abs- it. No. How breathable are leather pants, Aaron, in this in this hot box of a studio? Yeah, they're a little chafy. Can use some gold bond. Well, Hashtag chafy. <laughs> you know, I was uh, I was at I was at a concert recently uh, where the lead singer for Is that one the of last the groups, night one. Yeah, okay. Amanda Shires was yeah. the singer, married mm-hmm. to Jason Isbell. He was playing guitar for it. It was great fun. But she was wearing a lot of leather. It's like mm-hmm. she wears sort of like what did they? The person I was with called it like a psychedelic pixie getup or something okay. like that. She's not your typical Americana. No, no. Sound is yes, but look is not. A lot of leather. <laughs> one of the girls <laughs> we were with was like very concerned about her chafing situation. <laughs> so it does seem that there is a pattern of great concern about leather being chafy. So well, there we go. Hashtag chafy. That's right. There That's right. Go. So. Listeners, don't give us chafy stories. We don't want those. So Unless it comes with a five-star review. Oh, yes. Then, okay. Yes. Then we do want those. I want your yes. chafing. I want your hashtag chafy five-star review. Absolutely. It begs the question, when you hit 40, does that just generally happen more? What, I guess chafing? I should answer that myself. Well, Dave, you, you're the, the senior most 40-year-old in the room. So. Your personality oh. becomes more chafing. Absolutely. You know, before we answer any of that in any detail, because the listeners, I'm sure, want that, but uh, what was it a few months ago? Was it Church Curmudgeon? You Posted about like, oh great! And what the world needs is another podcast with three ma- white males in their thirties, and then like, in their forties, yeah, and they're, no, in their thirties, it's their oh, thirties, yeah. and I'm like, and at the point, I'm like, well, Dave's forty, so we don't we don't fit in that category. <laughs> so right, now we're, we're like in a whole other category. That's true. That's true. What we're you... even grumpier and more middle aged than we ever were. Yeah, yeah exactly. Wow. Than, than we were. At I would just like you guys to know that as the not yet forty year old. Um, I will be doing my best to keep up with and keep pace with the general <laughs> curmudgeonliness of your your agedness. Well, yeah. if it makes you feel any better, you are already ahead of us. All right, by decades. I've, I'm a, I'm I'm ahead of my years. Absolutely, you, you, you are man. a man born out of time. You're, you're <laughs> man born out of time. You should update your. Twitter bio with that. <laughs> I don't know if that was an insult or not. I'd chew on that one for a minute. Yeah. You can take it however you want. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, wanting – if you can give us a chafy story for a five-star rating. Uh, here's one that actually – we do have a new five-star rating in review. All right. Just All right. one? All right. Just just one new one. Listeners, 
I know. Step Get on. on it. They're not telling us stories, but they are giving us reviews. So, um, so this one comes from Will Dole. He uh, he says any podcast in which the word bloviate is used has my vote. My wife has been making fun of me for eight years for the time I used said word in a youth group lesson. And now to hear these gentlemen you both use this beautiful word and praise it has vindicated my windy ver- verbosity. Also a good podcast if you're interested in reading or writing books. I would also like Will. Thanks, Will. What was Will's last name? Dole. Dole. Will Dole. Uh, Bloviate is a favorite of Ted Cluck on the Happy Rant, so you now have two podcasts that you can make regulars where Bloviate is regularly woven in. We also appreciate five-star reviews over there. We don't really care what you say with them, just the stars part. Absolutely. Absolutely. And thanks to our non-paying sponsor, the Happy Rant, for uh, for <laughs> taking care of us this week. That's right. <laughs> Product placement. That's right. We'll, uh, we'll I'm no longer a marketing professional, yeah. but the roots run deep. So. That's right. Absolutely. We will gratefully accept uh, another another shout out at a live event or on air. Fair enough. <laughs> there we go. So um, in the spirit of birthdays. So listeners, um, two days before we started recording this episode, which already feels like we've been recording for two days because um, it's much. so hot in here. So hot. <sighs> so hot in Nashville. So hot. Still. It's, hot. it's like a thousand degrees in Nashville this week. Anyway, uh, two days before we started recording sweating. this, it was my 40th birthday. And so in the spirit of my 40th birthday. makes this your birthday week. It is my birthday week. um, But I don't do that because I'm an adult. Mm. I guess. Shouldn't you do the full week of birthday? I'm not sure. I just, I'm too curmudgeonly for that now. So let's let's think about the math of this though. Because they say that as you get older, time goes faster. That's true. Which means that you need like a whole week to get the equivalent of what once you could celebrate in a day. Because things are you know, going faster, fair. right? That's fair. You're going to forget it. So that means you need 40. more donuts in the coming days mm. because you didn't get enough in that one day. Mm. Well, I got all the calories of about a dozen donuts because it was two from Five Daughters Bakery. So, Which yeah. is like a dozen from anywhere else. Absolutely. I thought about bringing some of those in for this, but I thought, good Lord. with We may die. Yeah. Well, with what you had this week. Well, you guys are I closer this to week death as than well. anybody else. So. Well, that's also true. <laughs> That's also true. So, um, but tell in the every spirit of, in the spirit of my birthday, you're nearer to death. In the spirit of my birthday, I have gifts for you too. Yay! So from my as recent, it should be absolutely. Uh, so from my recent vacation that uh, that I took a few weeks back, um, I went to to of course some used bookstores because that's what we do. You clean them out. Um, I clean them out, and so I have gifts for Barnabas Yay. here. Two that he was looking for, The Prince of Tides and South Abroad by Pat Conroy. Which our local McKay's was out of last time I was there. Absolutely, Mm. and still also not sponsoring our show. Um, And for... (laughs) Yet we keep... Talking about that, we sure it's do. We gotta stop that. We're gonna Somebody start bleeping the their, last laugh. We're right gonna start bleeping their name. That's what we're gonna. No, do. here's the thing. <laughs> there's, you play the long game here. You mm. pray something long enough. There's there's a better chance they come back around mm. and like, okay, fine. Mm. All right, there we go. There's somebody working there with a like a master's of like art history or something like that. Who's listening? We hope. And (laughs) there are also at least there are also at least four people who that master's degree is working really well. Also at least working at used bookstore part time. Four people who moved here to start a music career who are now probably who are now calculating how much how much credit I can get for my trade in books. Absolutely, Mm. absolutely. And for Dave, Mm. I have two books for you. There's another one hiding there. The Killer Angels. Mm. That's correct. I have three books for you. The Killer Angels by Michael Shara, 
Yes. May that's he a, rest in doozy. peace. That's yes. a doozy. Mm. That's an all-time. The Rising Tide by his son, Jeff Shara. Also Thank you wonderful very one. much. That's, is Rising so, Tide, is that World War One? It's World War II. It's World War II. So okay. Rising Tide, I had uh, a, like a mass market paperback of this uh-huh. at one point, but I had two other hardcovers, so you complete mm-hmm. the collection. There Thank you go. You. You're welcome. And, this. of course, we have the gift yeah, that yeah. keeps on ki- giving – I can pee did you about on say this. The gift, did you about to say the gift that keeps on killing? Yeah. Yep. Because so, it is a cat book. Absolutely. Yeah, that's absolutely weird. the gift that keeps I on could, eating dead bodies. Yeah, I could I could pee on this. Poems about cats by cats. I mean just really? just for Dave. Dave. I mean, we gotta move on Dave, from this. Dave, Dave if you point. need if you I need, got, I got a dog just to help out in like times if you like need this. A mo- if you need a moment to kind of collect yourself a little bit and the tears you know, are running. Happy, That's probably allergies, happy, but you know. Yeah. Happy <laughs> birthday. Content, Dave. <laughs> Sorry. You're going to you're have to edit these. There you go. I was planning on that <laughs> no, anyway. That's oh, okay. and uh, Barnabas, I'm sorry. I have one more gift for you. But this one doesn't come from me. This one comes from a good friend of mine and uh-huh. friend of the podcast, l- longtime listener, Dan Schaffron. Uh, All right. Hey, Dan. We're getting, <laughs> we're getting mail? Dan, I'm we not are. saying thank you until I wow. know what I'm... What yeah. I'm receiving. This is in response. There's a letter in there, I believe. I can but, read it uh, on the air. You can, if you wish. What is this that I'm looking at? What is it? It is a memo pad. What kind of memo pad? I don't know. It's an avocado-shaped memo pad. It looked like a human organ of some kind. <laughs> I was a little uncomfortable at first. I was trying to figure out what this was. <laughs> that looks like something. I'll tell you that. I don't know what it is, but something. He, he used a piece of graph paper from the Genesis Engineering Group, and it's got like project number, project name. Like this, this is de- <laughs> this is designed for like a tr- like specs. Uh, heard you and Ted. That's from the other podcast, who's a sponsor. Uh, riffing on your mutual love of avocados. Um, you know, I would have <laughs> I would have hoped an engineer would be a little more detail oriented and to pay attention a little closer. Ooh. So I thought I'd share some avocado love. Big fan, Dan Schaffer, and he got that last part right. Big fan. That's that's the right way to be. There you go, Dan. Um, if it's the thought that counts, I don't know what to think about you. So I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate the hustle, and I will I will make proper use of an avocado memo pad. <laughs> I mean, I'll leave you to interpret what I mean by that. <laughs> I mean, the, the the shape of that. I couldn't see, like, yep. the opposite coloring. I'm uh-huh. just saying it looked like something. It, yeah. Just like I something. I was like, I don't – I couldn't tell what it was. Right. Are you going to bleep all that out? I just I just think, like, you could bleep anything. It could be I terrible. Can, yeah. How do you know that I'm not bleeping every word you say already? <laughs> I'm gonna start reading selections. Yeah, I don't listen, I I don't listen to this. I don't listen to this podcast. No. So I have no idea what gets. I, I, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You could edit what I say to be like infinitely worse than what I actually say, and that's hey, that's hey, that would be impressive. I already Aaron, do that. Aaron, by the way, I, there, were, there was a few podcasts ago. I did have a couple of people who got the original download of something you <laughs> I don't forgot know, to believe. I don't know what you're talking about. That didn't I, happen. If you're downloading it now, it did not happen. If no. you downloaded um, it, nope. it, it was an automatic download. It may have happened. I don't believe you. And I laughed and I laughed <laughs> and I even sent a 6 a.m. text to you guys, which you love from me when I'm walking the dog. I have my phone on do not disturb <laughs> because I don't want any 6 a.m. texts from anybody. Nope. Nope. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, Dave. I don't know what you're talking about. Whatever you, whatever you think you heard. 
no, didn't this, happen. This 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 cat book yet again is going to go <laughs> in the office, proudly displayed. All right, good. So speaking That's of good. speaking of cat books, when when <laughs> when Dave. <laughs> As a as a yes. as a symbol of something else, not as like we're not going to dig in on cat books. We've done that plenty. So Dave is whatever forty seven. Now how old are you? <laughs> I'm for- still forty. <laughs> still 40. I'm okay. still here. <laughs> okay. Time flies when you're getting old. It's hard to remember. He's not fifty, um, Dave yet. Okay. So Dave is forty, and as you know, he's very clearly been going through a midlife crisis. Thus, his cat ladiness and the ongoing gift giving of cat books and cat tattoos and cat tramp stamps and whatever else is going on over there lots of poor decisions so <laughs> the like in general yeah just yeah, just, <laughs> just in general, in general. Uh, just poor life choices so then the question becomes as Aaron tries to figure out his midlife crisis we've got the leather pants thing which is i don't think it's going to last long for a variety of reasons chafing being a big one just this episode uh what what is what is the midlife crisis of reading look like? So with Dave, it's poems by cats. Uh, it's cats Bl- it's, blended with George H. W. It, Bush it's, biographies. It, it's reading about the good old days. That's right. <laughs> when you start talking about the, the good, good old days, days of the nineteen nineties, remembering the president, 90s, the presidents of his youth. Wow, <laughs> fondly. It. it uh, yeah, you generally get more nostalgic with age. You just do. Uh, what's the Andy Bernard quote from The Office? I wish someone would. Let me know we're in the good old days. What, what's the quote? You know what I'm talking about? I wish uh, I wish we knew the moment we were in the good old days. There was something like that. The good old days, yeah. yeah the, well, to be fair, the good old days are never good days until they are old. Yes. Like yeah, they you, have to you be have in to your look, past. You have to be reflective. So, it. all right. Well, with that in mind, so I had two thoughts in mind. First of all, there's the midlife <laughs> crisis of like fast cars, fast women, fast boats and fast depletion of bank accounts. Right. Okay, so there's that version. We could we could what what would the book version of that be? And then there's the like the nostalgic good old days remembering fondly the days of yore when to be fair Aaron still reads the exact same thing he did when he was like 17 because he hasn't quit reading comic books yet. So, um I don't know what else that would look like, but let let's take both categories. We've got like the the poor decisions midlife crisis, and then we've got the nostalgic midlife crisis. And yes. uh, what yeah. uh, what do these reading lists look like for mainly yeah. for you, gentlemen? Because I'm not there yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want to know? You want to be prepared yeah, for this? I'm, Is yeah. that the deal? Oh, I want to know. I want to know. I'm, I'm mainly interested in bad decisions, but uh, nostalgia. You know, maybe, maybe to a degree. You know, it's funny for. Uh, even though I, I will certainly list some books, but it's it's really interesting observing other people who are turning 40, have turned 40, and kind of what do they do? I'm generally more encouraged. Like they, they're busy people still because if their kids are at a certain age, they're busy. But if if they're getting to a zone where they realize, okay, how do I need to spend my time effectively? It's really kind of fun to see them kind of ask the question, well, man, what should I be reading? Like most people aren't asking that question, just period. So... Um, so I, I'm always encouraged by that, that at least, you know, when you kind of hit this age, you realize, okay, going out and playing Ultimate Frisbee, uh, you pay for that in so many other ways now, <laughs> whereas reading- And for so many other days. Yeah, and yeah, for so many days, like your recovery time on like anything physical is just longer. It's not that you can't do those things. I mean, I played soccer this year. I played Ultimate. Once. I, still hurts. Once. It still hurts <laughs> a month later after that. <laughs> but I realized, hey, yeah, you know, reading, as long as my mind is there, it's uh, it's good. So, I, I mean, the 
I, I would say I, I kind of feel like my reading midlife crisis happened years ago in a good way, just in the sense of like, okay, I need to be more selective in what I read, uh, read things that challenge me to keep me growing. Because like the reality is like you hit 40 and you're right, you can't do as many physical things in for, for as long a period of time as you just pointed out. And you don't have as much time in living period. <laughs> so <laughs> you just want to make a count. So I don't, there's a lot of books I don't finish. I quit earlier because I'm like, this is a waste of time. This isn't mm -hmm. good. I would say I probably make more of those choices now. I evaluate more closely what I'm going to read. So I've got lists. I mean, we talk about this. I mean, we have lists that we've curated of, of what we want to read. Um, I also, it. I, I guess I've found this now. And we have talked about this. Going back to books that I rejected earlier on or didn't understand or some mm. version, just saying I'm at a better point of life to where I can look back and maybe that's nostalgia. Maybe it's just the benefit of reflection, but boredom, maturity. Who there's knows? a little bit of that too, but, but I'm not, I mean, time has not opened up. Right. I'm just making better choices reading. I think mm. that's the biggest thing. I'm there, glad you're so. making good choices. That's yes, important. But that doesn't you're, sound like a midlife crisis. That sounds like maturing. Well, Boring. I don't know if it's... <laughs> all right, so you're making fun of me about reading a George Bush book. How about... Let's just go with that there one right believe there. I George H.W. George H.W. Bush. Not a yes. George W. Bush. Yes. Yeah, John Meacham came out with this like five years ago, yeah. and I thought, interesting. I mean, I didn't... You know, you kind of know like 25 years or so after a president's out, you can probably write a more definitive history book on someone. Sure. Because a lot of people will write, you know, their memoirs and whatnot within five years after an office. It's 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 a perspective. That's really all it Isn't is. Isn't that but what they're doing during their last half of their second term? Uh, tends to happen. Sure. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, I don't know. But yeah, Meachin's book's good. You know, well, but let's, also let's hope our current president is working on his because I would love it if this was the last half of his <laughs> only term. You can cut that if you want to, but I can't get in trouble anymore. So <laughs> that's true. You can't. Yeah, it's good and neither point. of you commented on yeah. it, so you're safe. There you, there go. you go. There you go. Well, it's funny because uh, you know with, with George H. W. Bush. Um, um, I find people speaking more fondly of them now mm -hmm. because you just got time and you also have other people who have held the office who they're probably more angry at uh, regardless of which side. It's you a chain of screaming, on. man. Well, true. Yeah, very true. But I don't know. It just becomes more evident. He, he, someone like him, it would be very difficult for someone like him to get elected again because mm -hmm. he was pretty moderate ultimately. So that is not mm -hmm. valued anymore. That's true. <laughs> not, not to the extent of – of things. So yeah. I don't know. So, yeah, I mean, I'm reading a book. It's basically very nostalgic because it's, you know, I mean, his primary years, late 70s, 80s, 90s, that's, I mean, you grew up with that. I mean, I grew up with it. I, that's what I remember. I remember all these things just being a citizen. So that was fascinating. So there you go. That's not really much of a midlife crisis. I don't know what to tell you, Aaron. You just like, sound like we need to put you in a nursing home. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> See, I was expecting you to come out with, you know, you started reading Eat, Love, Pray or some kind of garbage yeah. like that. Big, Rachel, big Rachel Hollis yeah. fan or something. Yeah. Don't I you mean, have to be not, like 30 to read that, though? Isn't that like a... Well, I don't know, midlife... I don't know. I, here's the thing. I figure oh, quarter life quarter crisis. Life crisis. Quarter life crisis. Right. Maybe, maybe we should book, pick on though. that for a second, too. So, but here's the thing. Anyone who follows John Mayer, thank you very much. Everyone needs someone post Coldplay and Dave Matthews, and it was John Mayer who filled the void. <laughs> In the line of depressing white people music, <laughs> I, and by I, depressing, I mean I gives me a headache. I, I mean, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm just throwing that one out there. Yeah, for good. You. Well, let's keep throwing it uh, somewhere else. Uh, it's no, hot in here. So <laughs> it's the, hot. 
So <laughs> as a as a middle aged white man, I figured nothing nothing would be more midlife crisisy than trying to identify with like a twenty eight year old woman, though. So thus the Rachel <laughs> thus the Rachel Hollis book appreciation comment. Okay, here's another thing. I read David Brooks's The Second Mountain, and it was like the most raw raw book to me because because I'm forty. <laughs> <laughs> I, Have please. you read Paul Tripp's Stuck in the Middle? Oh, no. Reflections I can't. on being a I, I, other midlife than, person or whatever? Other than New Morning Mercies, I can't do it. Uh, mm. Yeah. All right. I know. Aaron, have you read that one? I have not read that Maybe one. Maybe I need to dig those up at McKay's and give them to you. I not gift them that. to you because gift is a noun and give is a verb, listeners. Okay, so here, here's another sign of midlife right uh-huh. here. I'm at McKay's. And I'm in like history, politics. When you start seeing so many of the books you worked on 10 years ago, 15 years ago, that are all at McKay's, they look like they'd hardly been opened. <laughs> all right, Aaron, what is the uh, the fast cars, fast women, fast depletion of bank accounts version of your midlife crisis reading? Oh, my goodness. Um, your guilty pleasures, your I think I need to try this now, your I'm going to read Jeanette Oakey, your... <laughs> Really love sparkly vampires. I don't know. Oh gosh, there's definitely not going to be any sparkly vampires because I just don't got you like time the for more, that You stuff. like the darker brooding ones? Oh, absolutely. Okay, absolutely. Cool. I mean, that's just my not jam. A, not a big glitter fan myself. So. No, no. What? Uh, <laughs> well, that's not what those concert concert photos looked like. It's fair. Um, it wasn't me in the leather skirt, though. Just to clarify, I'm not 40 <laughs> yet. Um, what? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Okay. Well, rather than rather than being guilty, I'm still yep. a few years away. We won't even sure. be doing this podcast when I turn forty. At least I won't be. Oh, um, yeah. There we go. All right. So we know we have an end, end date. Yeah, listeners, yep. just hang on tight. I'm leaving eventually. Yep. Um, <laughs> hypothetically speaking, what would that reading list look like for <sighs> you? Dave, you can also do this since it's hypothetical. Uh, you just I'm... gave the world's most boring answer. Well, I mean, I. I Thank you. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. There's a, there's a lot of things. I mean, thinking over the last, you know, several minutes since we decided to talk about this subject. A lot of show prep. Absolutely. That's what we do. That's what we do. Um, I realized that there's a lot of books that I have read that have basically been all about the midlife crisis. Like Nick Hornby's entire career is built around midlife crisis books. It's just a life crisis. Period. It's true. Because, That's I true. Mean, but all of his characters the, yeah. are in their like late thirties, early to mid forties. Yeah, I feel like Neil Gaiman's books are all, like, I don't know if they're midlife crisis as much as more like I, I have a mental breakdown crisis. Or is it well, the writer that. is also that age. So they're trying to have someone who they can identify with. That's fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is really like, it is interesting when a writer tries to write characters of a different generation Yes. And they don't understand them. It's very fun. Yeah. Yes. I mean Yeah, there would be there would be a lot of different things. I mean, there I think that there are some fun this is shifting the question a little bit, but there are some fun books that have kind of circled around the idea of midlife crisis. Like Dave Barry uh did one that was um actually a comedic crime novel. Um it got turned into a surprisingly good but no one ever saw movie um starring tim allen of all people um who i don't usually associate with funny but also why nobody saw the movie (laughs) correct correct um i'm trying to trying to find google is not helping me too much right now and neither is amazon i feel like the midlife crisis of reading is a is a deep love for like celebrity memoir or that so would be, is, that would is be it an like, example of is it. Is it your that, version of like escapism? 
You know, it's kind of like, I, I just need some or candy. Like, yeah, and, there's like, so for example, the three of us are realistic enough to be like, we're not going to be famous. We're not going to be mm-hmm. wealthy. Our, the, like this podcast is our fame. Not, this is, you this know, is it, guys. This is the we pinnacle it, of our lives right here. So yeah, there's like vicarious living through former Saturday Night Live people, television stars, whatever. And here's the thing. Like, I, I consistently hate those books. I also consistently read or listen to those books. Because I keep waiting for one of them to be compelling. So I've recently finished Eric Idle's one, the, yeah. the sort of biography. Yeah. We'll go, yes. Which was like 40% entertaining, 40% made me want to punch him, and 20% was like, it's fine. Mm. And <laughs> it's, it's fine. And, and, I, like, and that was pretty good for a celebrity memoir. Because yes. like the Nick Offerman ones, for example, are like, oh, no, it's like 92% I want to punch him. And like Amy Poehler's is just boring and doesn't say anything mm-hmm. about anything. Yes, and so forth. Yes, and um, so I. But I, but I think those feel very midlife crisisy to me because there's like vi- it's like vicarious wealth, vicarious fame, yeah. vicarious all the things I never accomplished in life. Well, I think that the, I think you're onto something there because we're now at the stage, at least Dave and I are, where the people that were the hip, cool folks when. We were are in our youth. I'm hip. I'm with it. Thank you, Doctor Evil, for making a, your regular appearance on this show. Um, Dave, has anyone ever told you you sometimes sound like Doctor Evil? No, but what was Doctor Evil's cat's name? Mister Bigglesworth. That's right. Yeah. Do you have one of Throw those? Throw me a freaking bone. Need the info. <laughs> All right. So, um, what I was saying though is, is you're onto something because all the people that were were you know the the new bands, the you know who were the name name folks when we were in our youths, um, they're all in their 40s and 50s and whatnot now, and so they're all writing their their memoirs, and so it's kind of there's a weird nostalgia thing that happens with the midlife crisis and so, for them. So, and so we're vicariously enjoying it. So since you mentioned like SNL ones, I think like, yeah, if Dana Carvey wrote a book right now, like, you know, I'm just thinking of that era that he was most popular in Saturday Night Live. I would have probably some similar reactions as reading a George H.W. Bush book. Right. You I know, mean, just thinking, where was I when that happened? Do I remember exactly what yeah, that I mean, was? Like, man, I think I would vote for him. <laughs> <laughs> like, this guy seems pretty reasonable. Speaking of Dana Carvey, a podcast that has been beloved on the show. That also not sponsoring the Co- show. Conan O'Brien needs a friend. Yeah, they're, be- on. they're between seasons and they're doing like a seri- like a weekly short episode where it's just him and Carvey and they just call it like what a deep dive or deep something dive like that. Deep dive with Dana. But it's basically just Dana Carvey doing impressions and then talking about why he likes them. And it has the exact same feeling as the celebrity memoir where it's like 40% entertaining – Forty percent, he's annoying, and twenty percent, like Conan laughing, which is enjoyable. But there's there's just such a, a self indulgence about it, which seems very midlife crisisy. Yes, it's like they're they're yeah. trying to work out their midlife crisis publicly, whereas you guys are just doing it. You're listening to the Table of Malcontents, where Aaron Armstrong, Dave Schrader, and Barnabas Piper talk about the books they love and a few they really don't to help you be a better reader. 
Books and podcasts are always best with a great cup of coffee. That's why we've partnered with Ligaris Roasters to create the Table of Malcontents blend. And guys, it's delicious. A smooth Brazilian roast that will make your heart happy. Head over to LagarisRoasters.com to order a bag or 12 today. Hey everybody, welcome to today's episode of Table of Malcontents. I'm Aaron and with me as always are Barnabas and Dave. That's right. Aaron, 40 Canuck. Hashtag. Thank you. Thank you. As uh, as you guys know, I am in full-on midlife crisis mode, and yeah. it starts with my wardrobe. The leather yeah. pants are a dead giveaway. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know. <laughs> it's very, very, Mick, very I Mick a, Jaggery. I just get a visual. Uh. Wow. <laughs> well, of course, because you're right uh, here. No, I'm right, right here. You're yeah, right I'm, here, I'm in the, here in the sauna. So, so a few months how, ago. Didn't was, Dave, thank you for wearing more the, than a towel this week. I no, appreciate abs- it. No. How breathable are leather pants, Aaron, in this in this hot box of a studio? Yeah, they're a little chafy. Can you use some gold bond? Well, Hashtag chafy. <laughs> you know, I was uh, I was at I was at a concert recently uh, where the lead singer for Is that one the of last the groups, night one. Yeah, okay. Amanda Shires was yeah. the singer, married mm-hmm. to Jason Isbell. He was playing guitar for her. it. Was great fun. But she was wearing a lot of leather. It's like mm-hmm. she wears sort of like what did they? The person I was with called it like a psychedelic pixie getup or something okay. like that. Yeah, she's not your typical Americana. No, no. Sound is yes, but look is not. A lot of leather. <laughs> one of the girls we were with was like I'm very concerned about her chafing situation. <laughs> so it does seem that there is a pattern of great concern about leather being chafy. So well, there we go. Hashtag chafy. That's right. There That's right. Go. So. Listeners, don't give us chafy stories. We don't want those. So Unless it comes with a five-star review. Oh, yes. Then, okay. Yes. Then we do want those. I want your yes. chafing. I want your hashtag chafy five-star review. Absolutely. Begs the question, when you hit 40, does that just generally happen more? What, I guess chafing? I should answer that myself. Well, Dave, you, you're the, the senior most 40-year-old in the room. So. Your personality becomes more chafing. Absolutely. You know, before we answer any of that in any detail, because the listeners, I'm sure, want that, but uh, what was it a few months ago? Was it Church Curmudgeon? You about like, oh, great. And what the world needs is another podcast with three ma- white males in their 30s. And then or like in their I 40s. Had, yeah. and they're, no, in their 30s. It's oh, their 30s. Yeah. And I'm like, and at the point, I'm like, well, Dave's 40. So we don't, we don't fit in that category. <laughs> so yeah, now we're, we're like in a whole nother category. That's true. That's true. What we're you, even grumpier and more middle-aged than we ever were. Yeah, yeah exactly. Wow. Than, than we were at 39. I would just like you guys to know that as the not yet 40-year-old, um, I will be doing my best to keep up with and keep pace with the general <laughs> curmudgeonliness of your your good. agedness. Well, yeah. if it makes you feel any better, you are already ahead of us. All right, by decades. I've, I'm a, I'm I'm ahead of my years. Absolutely, you, you are man. a man born out of time. You're, you're <laughs> man born out of time. You should update your. Twitter bio with that. <laughs> I don't know if that was an insult or not. I'd chew on that one for a minute. Yeah. You can take it however you want. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, wanting – if you can give us a chafy story for a five-star rating. Uh, here's one that actually – we do have a new five-star rating in review. All right. Just All right. one? Right. Just just one new one. Listeners. I know. Step on it. They're not telling us stories, but they are giving us reviews. So, um, so this one comes from Will Dole. He – uh, he says, any podcast in which the word bloviate is used has my vote. 
My wife has been making fun of me for eight years for the time I used said word in a youth group lesson. And now to hear these gentlemen you both use this beautiful word and praise it has vindicated my windy ver- verbosity. Also a good podcast if you're interested in reading or writing books. But also like Will. Thanks, Will. What was Will's last name? Dole. Dole. Will Dole. Uh, Bloviate is a favorite of Ted Cluck on the Happy Rant. So you now have two podcasts that you can make regulars where Bloviate is regularly woven in. We also appreciate five-star reviews over there. We don't really care what you say with them, just the stars part. Absolutely. Absolutely. And thanks to our non-paying sponsor, the Happy Rant, for uh, for <laughs> taking care of us this week. That's right. <laughs> Product placement. That's right. We'll, uh, we'll I'm no longer a marketing professional, yeah. but the roots run deep. So. That's right. Absolutely. We will gratefully accept uh, another shout-out at a live event or on air. Fair enough. Gosh, there we go. So, um, in the spirit of birthdays, so listeners, um, two days before we started recording this episode, which already feels like we've been recording for two days, because um, it's much. so hot in here. So hot. <sighs> so hot in Nashville. So hot. Still. It's, hot. it's like a thousand degrees in Nashville this week. Anyway, uh, two days before we started recording sweating. this, it was my 40th birthday. And so in the spirit of my 40th birthday. Which makes this your birthday week. It is my birthday week. Um, but I don't do that because I'm an adult, mm-hmm. huh. I guess. Shouldn't I don't do know. the full week of birthday? I'm not sure. I just, I I'm too curmudgeonly well, for so that now. So let's, let's think about the math of this though. Because they say that as you get older, time goes faster. That's true. Which means that you need like a whole week to get the equivalent of what once you could celebrate in a day. Because things are you know, going faster, fair. right? That's fair. You're going to forget it. So that means you need 40. more donuts in the coming days mm. because you didn't get enough in that one day. Mm. Well, I got all the calories of about a dozen donuts because it was two from Five Daughters Bakery. So, Which yeah. is like a dozen from anywhere else. Absolutely. I thought about bringing some of those in for this, and I thought, good Lord. with We may die. Yeah. Well, with what you had this week. Well, you guys are closer this to week death week than anybody well. else. So. Well, that's also true. <laughs> That's also true. So, um, but in the spirit of in the spirit of my birthday, you're nearer to death. In the spirit of my birthday, I have gifts for you too. Yay! So from my as it should be absolutely. Uh, So from my recent vacation that uh, that I took a few weeks back, um, I went to to of course some used bookstores because that's what we do. You clean them out. Um, I clean them out, and so I have gifts for Barnabas here. Two that he was looking for, The Prince of Tides and South Abroad by Pat Conroy. Which our local McKay's was out of last time I was there. Absolutely, Mm. and still also not sponsoring our show. Um, And for... (laughs) Yet we keep... Talking about that, we sure do. We gotta stop that. We're gonna start bleeping the last laugh. We're gonna start bleeping their name. That's what we're gonna do. Here's the thing: (laughs) you play the long game here. You Mm. praise something long enough, there's there's a better chance they come back around Mm. and are like, okay, fine. Mm -hmm. All right, there we go. There's somebody working there with a like a master's of like art history or something like that. Who's listening? We hope. And (laughs) (laughs) there are also at least there are also at least four people who that master's degree is working really well. At least working to use bookstore part time here to start a music career. Who are now probably who are now calculating how much how much credit I can get for my trade in books. Absolutely, Mm. absolutely. And for Dave, Mm. I have two books for you. There's no one hiding there. The Killer Angels. Mm. That's correct. I have three books for you. The Killer Angels by Michael Shara. 
Yes. That's May a, he rest in doozy. peace. That's yes. a doozy. Mm. That's an all-time. The Rising Tide by his son, Jeff Shera. Also Thank you wonderful very one. much. That's, is Rising so, Tide, is that World War One? It's World War II. It's World War II. Okay. So Rising Tide, I had uh, a, like a mass market paperback of this uh-huh. at one point, but I had two other hardcovers, so you complete mm-hmm. the collection. There Thank you, go. you. You're welcome. And this. of course, we have the gift Maybe. that keeps on ki- giving. I can pee did you about on say this. The gift, did you about to say the gift that keeps on killing? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Because so, it is a cat book. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's absolutely fair. the gift that keeps I on could, eating dead bodies. Yeah, I could I could pee on this. Poems about cats by cats. I mean just <laughs> just really? for Dave. Dave. I mean, we gotta move on Dave, from this. If, Dave, if you point. need a, if you I need got, I got a dog just to help out in like times if you like need this. A mo- if you need a moment to kind of collect yourself a little bit and the tears you know, are running. Happy, it's probably allergies, happy, but you know. Yeah. Happy f-ing birthday. <laughs> Content, Dave. <laughs> Sorry. You're going to you have to edit these. There you go. I was planning on that no, anyway. That's oh, okay. and uh, Barnabas, I'm sorry. I have one more gift for you. But this one doesn't come from me. This one comes from a good friend of mine and uh-huh. friend of the podcast, longtime listener, Dan Schaffron. Uh, right. Hey, Dan. We're getting, we're getting mail? Dan, I'm we not are. saying thank you until I know well, what I'm what yeah. I'm receiving. This is in response. There's a letter in there, I believe. Do I have to read it uh, on the air? You can if you wish. What is this that I'm looking at? What is it? It is a memo pad. What kind of memo pad? I don't know. It's an avocado-shaped memo pad. It looked like a human organ of some kind. <laughs> I was a little uncomfortable <laughs> at first. I was trying to figure out what this was. That looks like something. I'll tell you that. I don't know what it is, but something. <laughs> He, he used a piece of graph paper from the Genesis Engineering Group, and it's got like project number, project name. Like this, is, this is de- this is designed for like a tr- like specs. Uh, heard you and Ted. That's from the other podcast, who's a sponsor. Uh, riffing on your mutual love of avocados. Um, you know, I would have <laughs> I would have hoped an engineer would be a little more detail oriented and pay attention a little closer. Ooh. So I thought I'd share some avocado love. Big fan, Dan Schaffron. He got that last part right. Big fan. That's that's the right way to be. There you go, Dan. Um, if it's the thought that counts, I don't know what to think about you. So I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate the hustle, and I will I will make proper use of an avocado memo pad. <laughs> I mean, I'll leave you to interpret what I mean by that. <laughs> I mean, the, the the shape of that. I couldn't see like yep. the opposite coloring. I'm uh-huh. just saying it looked like something. It, yeah, just like I know. something. I was like, I don't. I couldn't tell what it was. Wait, are you gonna bleep all that out? I just, I just think like you could bleep anything. It could be I terrible. Can, yeah. How do you know that I'm not bleeping every word you say already? I'm gonna start reading selections. Yeah, I don't listen, if I I don't listen to this. this. I don't listen to this podcast. No. So I have no idea what gets. I, I, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You could edit what I say to be like infinitely worse than what I actually say, and that's hey, that's hey, that would be impressive. I already Aaron, do that. Aaron, by the way, I, there, were, there was a few podcasts ago. I did have a couple people who got the original download of something you <laughs> I don't forgot what, to believe. I don't know what you're talking about. That didn't <laughs> I, happen. If you're downloading it now, it did not happen. If no. you downloaded um, it, nope. it, it was an automatic download. It may have happened. I don't believe you. And I laughed and I laughed <laughs> and I even sent a 6 a.m. text to you guys, which you love from me when I'm walking the dog. I have my phone on do not disturb <laughs> because I don't want any 6 a.m. texts from anybody. Nope. Nope. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, Dave. I don't know what you're talking about. Whatever you, Whatever you think you heard. 
no, didn't this, happen. This 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 cat book yet again is going to go <laughs> in the office, proudly displayed. Right, good. So speaking That's of good. speaking of cat books, when when <laughs> when Dave. <laughs> As a as a yes. as a symbol of something else, not as like we're not going to dig in on cat books. We've done that plenty. So Dave is whatever forty seven. Now how old are you? <laughs> I am still, 40. still forty. I'm okay. still here. <laughs> okay, time flies when you're getting old. It's hard to remember. He's not fifty, um, Dave yet. Okay, so Dave is forty, and as you know, he's very clearly been going through a midlife crisis. Thus, his cat ladiness and the ongoing gift giving of cat books and cat tattoos and cat tramp stamps and whatever else is going on over there lots of poor decisions so the <laughs> like in general yeah just yeah, just, <laughs> just in general, in general. Uh, just poor life choices so then the question becomes as Aaron tries to figure out his midlife crisis we've got the leather pants thing which is i don't think it's going to last long for a variety of reasons chafing being a big one just this episode uh what what is what is the midlife crisis of reading look like? So with Dave, it's poems by cats. Uh, it's cats Bl- it's, blended with George H. W. It, Bush it's, biographies. It's reading about the good old days. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you start talking about the, the good, good old days. days of the 1990s, Remem- remembering the president's 90s, the presidents of his youth. Wow, <laughs> fondly. It. it uh, yeah, you generally get more nostalgic with age. You just do. Uh, what's the Andy Bernard quote from The Office? I wish someone would. Let me know we're in the good old days. What, what's the quote? You know what I'm talking about? I wish uh, I wish we knew the moment we were in the good old days. There was something like that. The good old days, yeah. yeah the, well, to be fair, the good old days are never good days until they're old. Yes. Like yeah, they you, have to you have be to in look, your past. They have to be reflective. So, it. all right. Well, with that in mind, so I had two thoughts in mind. First of all, there's the midlife <laughs> crisis of like fast cars, fast women, fast boats and fast depletion of bank accounts. Right. Okay, so there's that version. We could we could what what would the book version of that be? And then there's the like the nostalgic good old days remembering fondly the days of yore when to be fair Aaron still reads the exact same thing he did when he was like 17 because he hasn't quit reading comic books yet. So, um I don't know what else that would look like, but let let's take both categories. We've got like the the poor decisions midlife crisis, and then we've got the nostalgic midlife crisis. And yes. uh, what yeah. uh, what do these reading lists look like for mainly yeah. for you, gentlemen? Because I'm not there yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want to know? You want to be prepared yeah, for this? I'm, Is yeah. that the deal? Oh, I want to know. I want to know. I'm, I'm mainly interested in bad decisions, but uh, nostalgia. You know, maybe, maybe to a degree. You know, it's funny for. Uh, even though I, I will certainly list some books, but it's it's really interesting observing other people who are turning 40, have turned 40, and kind of what do they do? I'm generally more encouraged. Like they, they're busy people still because if their kids are at a certain age, they're busy. But if if they're getting to a zone where they realize, okay, how do I need to spend my time effectively? It's really kind of fun to see them kind of ask the question, well, man, what should I be reading? Like most people aren't asking that question, just period. So um, – so I, I'm always encouraged by that, that at least, you know, when you kind of hit this age, you realize, okay, going out and playing Ultimate Frisbee, uh, you pay for that in so many other ways now, <laughs> whereas reading- And for so many other days. Yeah, yeah, for so many days, like your recovery time on like anything physical is just longer. It's not that you can't do those things. I mean, I played soccer this year. I played Ultimate. Once. I, still hurts. Once. It still hurts <laughs> a month later after that. <laughs> but I realized, hey, yeah, you know, reading, as long as my mind is there, it's uh, it's good. So, I, I mean, the 
I, I would say I, I kind of feel like my reading midlife crisis happened years ago in a good way, just in the sense of like, okay, I need to be more selective in what I read, uh, read things that challenge me to keep me growing. Because like the reality is like you hit 40 and you're right, you can't do as many physical things in for, for as long a period of time as you just pointed out. And you don't have as much time in living period. <laughs> so <laughs> you just want to make a count. So I don't, there's a lot of books I don't finish. I quit earlier because I'm like, this is a waste of time. This isn't mm -hmm. good. I would say I probably make more of those choices now. I evaluate more closely what I'm going to read. So I've got lists. I mean, we talk about this. I mean, we have lists that we've curated of, of what we want to read. Um, I also, it. I, I guess I've found this now. We have talked about this. Going back to books that I rejected earlier on or didn't understand or some mm -hmm. version, just saying I'm at a better point of life to where I can look back and maybe that's nostalgia. Maybe it's just the benefit of reflection, but boredom, maturity. Who there's knows? a little bit of that too. But but I'm not I mean, time has not opened up. Right. I'm just making better choices reading. I think mm. that's the biggest thing. I'm glad you're saying. making good choices. That's yes, important. But that doesn't sound like a midlife crisis. That sounds like maturing. Well, Boring. I don't know if it's... <laughs> all right, so you were making fun of me about reading a George Bush book. How about... Let's just go with that there one I right believe there. George H.W., George H.W. Yes. Bush. Not a yes. George W. Bush. Yes. Yeah, John Meacham came out with this like five years ago, yeah. and I thought, interesting. I mean, I didn't... You know, you kind of know like 25 years or so after a president's out, you can probably write a more definitive history book on someone. Sure. Because a lot of people will write, you know, their memoirs and whatnot within five years after an office. It's 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 a perspective. That's really all it is. Isn't that but what they're doing during their last half of their second term? Uh, tends to happen. Sure. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, I don't know. But yeah, Meachin's book's good. You know, Boy, but let's, also. Let's hope our current president is working on his because I would love it if this was the last half of his <laughs> only term. You can cut that if you want to, but I can't get in trouble anymore. So <laughs> that's true. You can't. Yeah, and neither point. of you commented on yeah. it, so you're safe. There you, there, go. You go. there you go. Well, it's funny because uh, you know with, with George H. W. Bush, um, um, I find people speaking more fondly of him now mm -hmm. because you just got time, and you also have other people who have held the office who they're probably more angry at, uh, regardless of which side. It's you a chain of screaming, on. man. Well, true. Yeah, very true. But I don't know. It just becomes more evident. He someone like him, it would be very difficult for someone like him to get elected again because mm -hmm. he was pretty moderate ultimately. So that is not mm -hmm. valued anymore. That's true. <laughs> not not to the extent of of things. So yeah. I don't know. So yeah, I mean, I'm reading a book. It's basically very nostalgic because it's, you know, I mean, his primary years, late 70s, 80s, 90s, that's, I mean, you grew up with that. I mean, I grew up with it. I, that's what I remember. I remember all these things just being a citizen. So that was fascinating. So there you go. That's not really much of a midlife crisis. I don't know what to tell you, Aaron. You just like, sound like we need to put you in a nursing home. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> See, I was expecting you to come out with, you know, you started reading Eat, Love, Pray or some kind of garbage yeah. like that. Big, Rachel, big Rachel Hollis yeah. fan or something. Yeah. Don't I you mean, have to be like 30 to read that, though? Isn't that like a... Well, I don't know, midlife... I don't know. I, here's the thing. I figured oh, quarter, life quarter life crisis. Quarter life crisis. Right. Maybe, That's maybe actually we should a book, pick on though. that for a second, too. But so, but here's the Anything, thing. I think, anyone I who follows John Mayer, thank you very much. Everyone needs someone post Coldplay and Dave Matthews, and it was John Mayer who filled the void. <laughs> In the line of depressing white people music, <laughs> I, and by I, depressing, I mean I gives me a headache. I, I mean, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm just throwing that one out there. Uh, for good. You. Well, let's keep throwing it uh, somewhere else. Uh, it's no, hot in here. So <laughs> it's the, hot. 
So <laughs> as a as a middle aged white man, I figured nothing nothing would be more midlife crisisy than trying to identify with like a twenty eight year old woman, though. So thus the Rachel <laughs> thus the Rachel Hollis book appreciation comment. Okay, here's another thing. I read David Brooks's The Second Mountain, and it was like the most raw raw book to me because because I'm forty. <laughs> <laughs> I, Have please. you read Paul Tripp's Stuck in the Middle? Oh, no. Reflections I can't. on being a I, I, other midlife than, person or whatever? Other than New Morning Mercies, I can't do it. Uh, mm. Yeah. All right. I know. Aaron, have you read that one? I have not read that Maybe one. Maybe I need to dig those up at McKay's and give them to you. I not gift them that. to you because gift is a noun and give is a verb, listeners. Okay, so here, here's another sign of midlife day. right uh-huh. here. I'm at McKay's. And I'm in like history, politics. When you start seeing so many of the books you worked on 10 years ago, 15 years ago, that are all at McKay's, they look like they'd hardly been opened. <laughs> all right, Aaron, what is the uh, the Fast Cars, Fast Women, Fast Depletion of Bank Accounts version of your midlife crisis reading? Oh, my goodness. Um, your guilty pleasures, your I think I need to try this now, your I'm going to read Jeanette Oakey, your... <laughs> Really love sparkly vampires. I don't know. Oh, gosh. There's definitely not going to be any sparkly vampires because I just don't got you like time the for more, that stuff. You like the darker brooding ones? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Cool. I mean, that's just my not jam. A, not a big glitter fan myself. So. No. No. What? Uh, <laughs> well, that's not what those concert concert photos looked like. It's fair. Um, it wasn't me in the leather skirt, though, just to clarify. I'm not 40 <laughs> yet. Um, what? <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not yet. Okay. Well, rather than rather than being guilty, I'm still yep. a few years away. We won't even sure. be doing this podcast when I turn forty. At least I won't be. Oh, um, okay. There we go. All right. So we know we have an end, end date. Yeah, listeners, yep. just hang on tight. I'm leaving eventually. Yep. Um, <laughs> hypothetically speaking, what would that reading list look like for <sighs> you? Dave, you can also do this since it's hypothetical. Uh, you just I'm... gave the world's most boring answer. Well, I mean, I. I Thank you. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. There's a, there's a lot of things. I mean, thinking over the last, you know, several minutes since we decided to talk about this subject. A lot of show prep. Absolutely. That's what we do. We do. It's what we do. Um, I realized that there's a lot of books that I have read that have basically been all about the midlife crisis. Like Nick Hornby's entire career is built around midlife crisis books. This is just a life crisis period. It's true. Because, That's I mean, true. But all of his characters the, yeah. are in their like late 30s, early to mid 40s. Yeah, I feel like Neil Gaiman's books are all like, I don't know if they're midlife crisis as much as more like I, I have a mental breakdown crisis. Or is it well, the writer that. is also that age, so they're trying to have someone who they can identify with? That's fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is really like, it is interesting when a writer tries to write characters of a different generation. Yes. And they don't understand them. It's very fun. Yeah. Yes. I mean Yeah, there would be there would be a lot of different things. I mean, there I think that there are some fun this is shifting the question a little bit, but there are some fun books that have kind of circled around the idea of midlife crisis. Like Dave Barry uh did one that was um actually a comedic crime novel. Um it got turned into a surprisingly good but no one ever saw movie um starring tim allen of all people um who i don't usually associate with funny but also why nobody saw the movie (laughs) correct correct um i'm trying to trying to find google is not helping me too much right now and neither is amazon i feel like the midlife crisis of reading is a is a deep love for like celebrity memoir or that so would be, is, that would is be it an like, example of is it. Is it your that, version of like escapism? 
You know, it's kind of like, I, I just need some or candy. Like, yeah, and, there's like, so for example, the three of us are realistic enough to be like, we're not going to be famous. We're not going to be uh-huh. wealthy. Our, like this podcast is our fame. Not, this is, you this know, is it, guys. This is the we pinnacle it, of our lives right here. So yeah, there's like vicarious living through former Saturday Night Live people, television stars, whatever. And here's the thing. Like, I, I consistently hate those books. I also consistently read or listen to those books because I keep waiting for one of them to be compelling. So I've recently finished Eric Idle's one, the, yeah. the sort of biography. Yeah. We'll go, yeah. Which was like 40% entertaining, 40% made me want to punch him, and 20% was like, it's fine. Hmm. And <laughs> it's, it's fine. And and I like and that was pretty good for a celebrity memoir because yes. like the Nick Offerman ones, for example, are like, oh no, it's like ninety two percent. I want to punch him. And like Amy Poehler's is just boring and doesn't say anything mm-hmm. about anything. Yes, and so forth. Yes, and um, so I but I, but I think those feel very midlife crisisy to me because there's like vi- it's like vicarious wealth, vicarious fame, yeah. vicarious all the things I never accomplished in life. Well, I think that the, I think you're onto something there because we're now at the stage, at least Dave and I are, where the people that were the hip, cool folks when. We were are in our youth. I'm hip. I'm with it. Thank you, Doctor Evil, for making a, your regular appearance on this show. Um, Dave, has anyone ever told you you sometimes sound like Doctor Evil? No, but what was Doctor Evil's cat's name? Mister Bigglesworth. That's right. Yeah. Do you have one of <laughs> those? Throw me a freaking boon. Need the info. <laughs> All right. So, um, what I was saying though is, is you're onto something because all the people that were were you know the the new bands, the you know who were the name name folks when we were in our youths, um, they're all in their 40s and 50s and whatnot now, and so they're all writing their their memoirs, and so it's kind of there's a weird nostalgia thing that happens with the midlife crisis and so, for them. So, and so we're vicariously enjoying it. So since you mentioned like SNL ones, I think like, yeah, if Dana Carvey wrote a book right now, like, you know, I'm just thinking of that era that he was most popular in Saturday Night Live. I would have probably some similar reactions as reading a George H.W. Bush book. Right. You I know, mean, just thinking, where was I when that happened? Do I remember exactly what yeah, that I mean, was? Like, man, I think I would vote for him. <laughs> <laughs> like, this guy seems pretty reasonable. <laughs> this guy, so I would, I speaking, of Dana speaking of Dana Carvey, a podcast that has been beloved on the show. That also not sponsoring the Co- show. Conan O'Brien needs a friend. Yeah, he was be- on. They're between seasons and they're doing like a seri- like a weekly short episode where it's just him and Carvey and they just call it like what a deep dive or deep something dive like with that. Dana. But it's basically just Dana Carvey doing impressions and then talking about why he likes them. And it has the exact same feeling as the celebrity memoir where it's like 40% entertaining Forty percent, he's annoying, and twenty percent, like Conan laughing, which is enjoyable. But it, it, there's there's just such a, a self indulgence about it, which seems very midlife crisisy. Yes, it's like they're they're yeah. trying to work out their midlife crisis publicly, whereas you guys are just doing it yeah. in quiet, silent desperation. <laughs> yeah, in the suburbs. Well, yes. No, so, we're doing it on a podcast right now. That's so uh, I, I'm going to go back and I'm thinking about. I started thinking about what were my parents reading or listening to during their midlife crisis zone. 
they were listening to or reading uh, or they were they were certainly listening to a prayer home companion and reading lots of uh, Lake Wobegon stories from Garrison Keeler. They certainly listened to Paul Simon, um, which I did too. Uh, oh, well, I mean, Jimmy Buffett, of course. And now they read books by these people. So that's, I don't know. That's always amusing just to see, okay, what did they do about it? I don't remember a lot of the other books. My mom read so many books, so I don't remember. I don't. I wouldn't say she had a, a reading midlife crisis. But, um, but it's almost like you pick these comedians or you kind of want to laugh. I would think too, like, honestly, I need like every other book to make me laugh. I, I can take yeah. a serious book, but so I need a, I need deep thinking books, but I like being entertained mm-hmm. all at the same time too. It's like, what's your candy book? Yeah. You know, that's usually that's an audio book. And I yeah. think that, I think mm-hmm. that's, I haven't run like across a, f- a lot of books recently that make me laugh. Like the closest thing that's was, unfortunate. the closest thing was like, so Eric Idle reading his own audio book and singing some some of their some of their Monty Python songs in there, which some of them are very amusing if mm-hmm. if inappropriate for you know public podcast consumption. Mm-hmm. But like, I think the one that made me laugh the hardest was the one called F Christmas. <laughs> but <laughs> just imagining him and John Cleese doing that. But yes. uh yeah, there's I think I do think that there's a certain like when you read biographies of military leaders or whatever, like there's an educational aspect to that. Like there's gleaning things of character and overcoming conflict and challenges and whatever. When you read a a biography of like a celebrity or a comedian or whatever, like it's just voyeurism, you know, like cleanish voyeurism. Like you're not interested. Sometimes. But I just mean like there's you're trying to live vicariously. You're thinking about there's it's just sort of like I peep into somebody else's life, which is just it's a very weird thing to to enjoy. I think what I enjoy, it's like those books are like having IMDB up while you're watching a movie. It's like you're kind of getting that much more insight what's going on behind the mm-hmm. scenes because you're just fascinating. What really was going on between those two people or mm-hmm. when they made this movie, what? What went wrong? I don't know. The, like, it's funny. That's I find it hard to just sit down and just enjoy a movie anymore just for that reason. But for books, those types, it's kind of like that. You, know? you were talking earlier about, like, not wasting time. I think that's really interesting as, you know, because I was talking to a friend who's late 20s. And she was talking about a TV show that she watched, like, seven seasons of and hates. And I'm like, why, Why would you, you do seven that? Seasons? She's like, people kept saying it was good. I'm like, you were watching it. Like, you can decide whether or not it's yeah. good. And she's like, I kept expecting it to get better because everybody loved it so much. I, did, I will give a show like six minutes. Did she say what show this was? Yes. It was can How you? I Met Your Mother. Ah. Which I have never watched enough of to have seven any. Seven seasons. Of I don't know. I mean, was it six, six? It was eight? nine. No, but okay. still, I'm more just like I could see maybe go through a season, see if there's an arc there. Or yeah. they'll say, hey, they hit their groove in season two. Get through right. that. That's what everybody said yeah. about Parks and Rec. They're like season one was uneven. Season two, like. Same is, with is The Office. Things got good. I haven't watched enough of either of those sequentially. Mm-hmm. I've watched a lot of episodes of them, but never yeah. sequentially. But that, like if it's a book. If it's a show, if it's a movie, movies I'll stick out because like the worst that happens is it's two hours. Yeah, but a, yeah. A, like if there's multiple seasons of something, I'm like you've got half an episode. Well, you better be compelling in half an episode, or I'm out. Like I tried to watch. Um, it's also a book, but it's uh, what is it's 
Doggone it. Uh, it's the one about the weird society where, like, women are being bred. Handmaid's Tale. Handmaid's Tale. That's the one. I made it through about half of one episode, and it was one of those ones where I'm like, the acting is brilliant. The world building is brilliant. I hate everything about this. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm not yeah. watching this. Yeah. I felt that way about the book. <clears throat> it's like, I can see why people like it. I just can't get you into never, this. Okay. I got I got into about a third of it, and I was like, well, this is as far as I can someone go. Someone recommended that on uh, Twitter the other day. A lot of it was people tagged do. in where yeah okay yeah, I, I, I thought it was an interaction. I mean it's, we had. Okay. that's one of those ones that it's like a it's sort of cult classic TV show now. Like yeah, the, the audience loves it yeah. and it's not a massive audience, but it's it's not insignificant. But yeah, I just uh, I maybe this I'm this is my advanced curmudgeonliness. I just uh, I am fully in midlife. I will not waste time on that garbage mode mm. when stuff is just not fun or not enjoyable or not like there's no just perceived value. Yeah. I will not wait for things to get good. Be good or go home. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what like, we were talking about a ton of books that, gosh, it's like if it's taking 100 pages to kind of get really going, that's – I mean there's some that are like iconic. You'd have to like really convince well, me to stick through something. Well, here's the thing. Apply that to Lord of the Rings. It took a solid 150 pages before anything significant really drawn happened in, in the Fellowship of the Rings. But, but they, there is there's character development right from the get go. Sure, like there's there's intriguing, there's enough intriguing character development. Also, if you've read The Hobbit, which mm-hmm. is like the prequel, you have some vested interest in this. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of jumping into the middle of a story. But yeah, I think with older books, there is a different, there's probably an understanding. It's a little bit like watching British TV versus American. Like if you're going to watch a British crime show, you just know that you're driving and you're driving in a different gear and probably on the left side of the road too. Yes. Like there's just a, a different feel to the whole thing. Um, and I think the same is true with older novels. Like you don't read, you know, Jane Austen with the same expectation that you read, you know, The Hunger Games. Correct. Or if you do... You're then a, you're you are a bad reader. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, you know, I I, did, I was doing some searching while we were talking about uh, what I mean. When, whenever like there are lists of like when you're going through midlife crisis, here's some great books. It is always like Eat, Pray, Love, uh, Under the Tuscan Self-help. Sun, Self Help, yeah. Under Crap. the Under the Tuscan Sun. What, what's kind of scary is like it recommends all these of uh, people who. Go find yourself. Go sleep with someone else other than your spouse. Yeah, just torpedo yeah, your like, life yeah, in it, general. Exactly, which is fascinating. Yeah. Now, those are also just stories about just people of that age, so fair enough. But uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I think some people I, – I, I mean, I, I'll admit, I have anticipated, okay, going to your 40s, like how are you going to feel? What is, what's life going to change? And you're always like, you know, you don't have to live the narrative of <laughs> what what is like – kind of gets all the crazy headlines because that's what you kind of see out there. And it's entertaining for someone else to watch. Yeah, I mean, what, how novel would it be for somebody to write mm-hmm. like, you know, a, like a big saga mm-hmm. about somebody who gets married at like 23, <laughs> that goes through some ups and downs. <laughs> at like 40, they've got a couple yeah, teenage or pre-teenage kids, but they still really love their spouse. But sometimes they argue about how to load the dishwasher. But And then like at, at 50, they're empty nesters or, you know, 55. And like... And just sort of like follow them all the way through to death as like, hey, we did it. It wasn't so bad. Yeah, there was some rough spots, but like we made it. <laughs> that yeah. is that is except for the setting, literally the plot of the Little House on the Prairie series. 
That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> does so nothing, does you nothing want to really, read his little house on the prairie. Does nothing really no. happen? I guess that's the question. Well, the family, I mean, I they, mean, they were, have some ups and downs. They have their town burned kinda, down in the show, at least. They were kind of pioneers and stuff, too, so there's a little bit. <laughs> but, like, imagine setting <laughs> that. bears. Imagine setting that in, like, middle or upper middle class suburbia where there is no, like, inherent adventure. The adventure is, like, should we or should we not do family vacation this year or should we save that money to redo our kitchen? Like, these are. <laughs> this is why people buy the crap, like, eat, pray, love, because what I just described sounds boring. And in reality, like, that's it's just life. life. Yeah. And it's not a bad life. Yeah. It's just, it's a pretty fulfilling life if you decide not to be whiny about it. So, do you think the whole idea, because I would expect that the, the concept of a midlife crisis is a fairly novel one, uh, fairly recent one. Yeah. Yeah. But. Is it just the result that we're all really bored? Well, I mean, most of these stories that, you know, people feel that way. They feel stuck. Right. They feel like, man, I can't. Or m- let me say it another way. Is it the result of the of an unrealistic expectation that our lives should always be exciting and entertaining as opposed to normal and that boring is actually good for us? Well, I think I think there's I think there's a fair number of pieces to it. I think there's that. I think there's um, the idea that like we just we have an opinion of ourselves that a we deserve X, Y, and Z when literally nothing has ever said that we deserve yeah. sexual fulfillment. We deserve a full bank account. We deserve to travel the earth. Like they these are it is a crisis of privilege. Mm-hmm. If you live in a society where the majority of your time is figured out how to make ends meet, how to feed your family, like you're working dawn to dusk, you don't have a midlife crisis. You have like a the rice crop failed crisis or my shop burned down crisis or my kid has tuberculosis crisis. Like those are real crises. And so I think there's there's a when humans are left with too much time to think about ourselves, mm-hmm. we really screw things up. And uh, yeah, I think I think a midlife crisis. I don't think it's a fake thing, but I do think it is a manufactured thing by circumstance and society and just a jacked up worldview. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, so books can save these people, essentially. Is that what we're saying? Not necessarily, but I think that there's an opportunity for books to help with maybe correcting some of those expectations. All right, I know we I know we don't want to go on forever and ever. What are no. those books like? What should a midlife yeah. crisis person read? Like, it's a good no. It's if a, well, if the Eat Pray Loves or the you know the getting into weird fiction or like the whatever books are kind of where people are gravitate towards the the voyeuristic type of thing. Sure. Well, oh. I got I got a couple. One is the Book of Proverbs um, in the Let's Bible. Let's keep it out of the Bible. Well, no, right. but I think it's important. I would say okay. I would say Ecclesiastes if you're going to the Bible. We've well, talked, that's both. Yeah. I would, both are true. We should, we've talked about this without talking directly about yes. it. Um, you, you know, uh, when we talk about beach reading, what do you see when people are on a beach? They're reading pure candy. It's it's kind of escapism stuff, right? We're having we like some books like that. Unless it's like the gospel, it. unless it's like the Gospel Coalition's list, and then they're like beach reading, Herbin Baving, systematic yeah, theology. Yes, like you guys can yeah. go back and listen yeah, to that episode, and you guys can go back and listen to that episode and find right. out what, what books we reference there. Right. So I mean, our message is always going to be read widely. That's if you haven't yes, gotten that out of this of podcast. Like, I mean, but but they're always like, yeah, sure, you can have some candy, but also that's a lot of what I see people only reading when they feel like they have the chance to read. Right. Like, 
Right. No, you need to challenge yourself. The reality right. is your education is not over. You need to be thinking as though I'm not out of college yet. I'm not out of school, period, and that yep. I have a lot that I need to prepare myself right. for, whatever that is. So, so. so one of the books that, that I think is a good heart reset one is actually one that we published um, a few years ago. Boring. Boring, boring by uh, by Kelly. our good friend Michael yeah. Kelly. Yeah, um, it is. It's just it's just a good good quality. Yeah. Is fast read, yeah. helpful reset button type of book that just reminds yeah. you that a, an yeah. ordinary life, yeah, live to the glory of God is a good thing. Absolutely, boring's great. Ordinary by Tony Morita. Your book, Curious Christian, don't mm-hmm. ever lose your curiosity as you grow. Don't ever stop learning. Don't ever stop asking good questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those are those are fantastic ways. I mean, I think that's I, – I, I see people just uh, ceasing their ability to learn. Right. Not, not like – I mean, they're learning some things, but they don't know how to, like, grow. Right. I think that's it. And that's yeah. the challenge. Like, well. Here's one of the things yeah. is there was a study on uh, that 60 minutes covered you know it's about those who live to be 90 or above and mm-hmm. I've no idea if any of us will live till 90 but the, it was fascinating not if thing. we keep eating five dollars donuts <laughs> that's right that's right well, I, well here's the funny thing uh there were here are the things that they uncovered of like studying these people over a period of time um a they were they were all taking care of someone else okay so that that could be that could be a dog that could be another person that they were loving you know that could be someone else romantically they had or just someone else they they had they were de- they had someone else depending you, you on them you don't take care of cats you fend off thank cats. you they they did <laughs> not list cats they're, they're showing lots well, of people of walking not. dogs um, they all drank, which is fascinating. Uh, wine, scotch, not a anything. Not ninety-year-old Baptists out there. No, they were apparently not. Well, no. that's because all the potlucks. No, um, <laughs> but they were all. Of course, they're active physically. Legalism kills folks. Yeah. <laughs> um, Fried food. <laughs> they, but the, but you know they were active people. But most of all, it was like they were all trying to grow as people. Yeah. I mean, they all be doing <clears throat> something, whether it's learn a new hobby. Yeah. Was learn this the TED talk else. that like looked at different communities? Like, there's two or three communities there's, around the world where the the people mm. with the most what do they call them centenarians, the most yes. hundred year old people. It's simil- similar. Kind yeah. Of there's thing. there's Italians. There's Japanese. Yep. Uh, and there's a there's, there's one of the communities West, in West California. Coast, yeah. Yep. As well, and that's kind of hippie communities. Yeah. yeah so there was there was a lot of like there was the, those diet things community related yeah. things which is the caring for others yeah. yeah there's a lot of that which is really interesting one of the things that i was thinking about in terms of books for people in this stage is <clears throat> like books that are grounding instead of idealistic books because i feel like midlife crisis is always i'm not where i want to be you're sort of looking back and going all the i missed all these opportunities etc cetera, etc cetera. so books like along obedience by eugene peterson or some of these others that are just like, look, this is what it means to faithfully live out your life. Mm-hmm. Um, some of Tim Keller's books, like um, Counterfeit Gods, mm-hmm. that'll that'll be a, a swift mm-hmm. kick to wherever you need a kick. Mm-hmm. Um, and and some of those that are just sort of pulling you back to like, they're just going to shake the stupid out of you a little bit in the most gracious, God-centered way. Right. Uh, I I find those to be. They just knock the shine off of these things that become sort of like, ooh, sparkly object. I'm going to pursue that. Yeah, and yeah. Which, is, which is where we go wrong in the middle of our lives when we start to, you know, we start to wish for all the things we, we aren't or don't have or haven't accomplished yet or whatever. 
I think I'm trying to think if they're I think Rescuing Ambition by Dave Harvey would be a good one too. Mm-hmm. I normally recommend that to young people. I think it's good for I think, I think it's good it's, for more than just because young it people. kind of feels like a re like a midlife crisis is essentially reverting to being an idealistic 20 year old who doesn't have the wisdom to make good decisions, mm-hmm. except you're doing it with money to make bad decisions. Right. Um, and and so to take that one and go, this is what it looks like to pursue something with with humility, but with an, an intent to accomplish in godliness, which I think a lot of people our respective ages could mm-hmm. use. I think that's a good point. So, guys, I think this is a good transition point to the Jack Reacher Sucker Punch of the Week. Did you have somebody in mind? If it's a good transition, it seems like maybe you I have. actually do. Okay. And it's actually a group of authors. <clears throat> All right. All right. Specifically, it is and – it's, and it's authors in our market who keep pumping out this junk – that is telling us that we should always be reaching higher, reaching farther, um, that everything about life is supposed to be explosive and exciting and revolutionary and groundbreaking in ways that are not grounded in any sort of semblance of Christian orthodoxy. So we'll uh, we'll throw... Um, that, that general person out there. That general person out yeah. there. They're, they're always going to be out there. So ones that we will, ones that we don't but, publish. Yes, but it's so. not. It's not just that. Like you can, you can do the same mm-hmm. sort of world changer nonsense with an orthodox spin. Like yeah, you can oh, get, sure. You can get all your name it, claim it, full, self fulfillment horse crap too. But the there are a lot of people who have sort of under the under the guise of biblical teaching with with enough theological background to sound legitimate have sort of pushed for like the big vision world changing oh, totally. whatever i think those i think those are maybe more insidious because because they hit closer like for people who have some level of discernment and they're like well i know that's not biblical but then you get you get something that sounds more biblical and it's still essentially pushing for chase your dreams mm-hmm. push a vision yeah and there was an article that um I think it was in Christianity Today a couple weeks ago by Chase Repogel. I only know him. I know him as Pastor Writer on Twitter, and I can't. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. But it was basically how Francis Schaeffer convinced him to stop chasing his dreams. And there's a oh not no I'm not sorry not Schaeffer um Bonhoeffer Dietrich Bonhoeffer because there's a quote from Bonhoeffer's Life Together where it's basically like God hates big vision dreaming. Because it essentially puts all of the burden on man, and you you create a vision for God to back up, and I think that's I think that's where our more mm. what we would call theologically conservative camp goes wrong. Mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's a good good point right there. Uh, so, gang, we will link to Chase's article in our show notes. The quote is, "Yeah, God hates visionary dreaming." Yeah, there you that's go. bold. That's bold, um, especially in our world of uh, big, hairy, audacious goals. So, um, speaking of uh, audacious goals, what are we reading the, these days, guys? 
I'm in full try to finish up books that I've been slogging through for a long time mode. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I don't know if when you read multiple books at once, sometimes like there's, you turn through one at a time real fast yeah. on one end of the spectrum and then others just take forever. Oh, yeah. So probably in books that I've mentioned before, but finishing up America and Americans by John Steinbeck, mm-hmm. just finished the Eric Idle book, um, working on the selected poems of Wendell Berry. Just a handful of these that have been yeah. a few months in the making, and I chip away like 30 minutes a week on or something. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of in that, so I can clear the decks and pick some new books. Yeah. They're feeling stale. Uh, no, they're good you. books, but they're feeling a little stale because I've been staring at them in Goodreads for like two months. I hear you. I hear you. Dave, what about you? Well, I'm not done with the George Bush one, so I'll throw okay. that You did not right. finish it I while we not. were recording? I did not. I have okay. like You've been 50 pages left. Whole time, so. Or... 20 minutes on audiobook <laughs> that, <All right>. <laughs> something <laughs> like that yeah it's not I, right. I know it's a long audiobook but it was it's been fascinating well that's um, what happens when you listen to it at like three times speed I don't do that right. <laughs> 1.5 1.5 yeah that's true which is plenty that's that's so, normal speaking cadence so yes that's fine yes I do one and a quarter because well, it because there's the yeah it depends on yeah. the because there's some yeah. Yeah. who they sound like one of like Alvin and yeah. the Chipmunks at one and a half that's true that's true yeah. So I am continuing. I'm also in that slog space. Um, it's a good book. I'm just having a hard time with it, which is The Great Santini. I am about 100 pages away from the end. Dude, the end is so good. <sighs> I it know. Is. It I is. got just past, um, like the other day, I got past Christmas Christmas Eve oh, and man. the uh, the sex ed talk. And <laughs> that was just... This is that really whole fun. chapter was actually amazing. Watching you feel tortured by this is yeah, kind of it's kind of pleasurable and kind of like it's sort of like reliving the first time I read the book too. Well, I mean, it, it, I mean, again, I've said it before. I'm gonna say it, it really just comes down to Bull Meacham. He is just he's really hard for me to read um, for for lots of reasons. So yeah, um, but we've gone into that before. Yeah, yeah, but. It's a great book. I like. I love the way that Conroy writes, um, and just like I said, that one particular chapter that I mentioned, just the the way that it it's going, and then all of a sudden it ends at and have a merry Christmas, was just brilliant, brilliant and disturbing. So, <laughs> so good. So uh, yeah. All right, uh, so listeners, thanks for joining us for this nonsense, and uh, please do leave your your five-star rating and review, your favorite story in said review, and uh, we will talk to you later. Bye. This is an Area Code podcast.